Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Swan Song follows retired hairdresser and local bar performer icon Pat Pitsenbarger, who has given up on life from the confines of his small town Sandusky, Ohio nursing home. But when Pat gets word that a former client's dying wish was for him to style her final hairdo, he sets out on an epic journey. And that is true, an epic journey across Sandusky to confront the ghost of his past and collect the beauty supplies necessary for the job. Beautiful film. The film is called Swan Song. We're joined today by the director and writer of the film, and that would be Todd Stevens. Todd, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. As we were talking before we came on, you were talking about this as being part of a series of films that you've done in the past, and this is a continuation in some way of those films. Tell me a little bit about where Swan Song came from. Yeah, it's sort of what I call my Ohio trilogy. And there are three films that were set in my hometown of Sandusky, Ohio, where I grew up. And they all are exploring different aspects of queer life in a small town. Um, and also kind of looking at how my hometown's attitude about gay life has changed and evolved over the years. Yeah, that's where that's where it's from. Yeah, and it's uh, and I love the idea that it, this is this kind of the hero's journey, if you will, uh, as he sets out, as he realizes that his quote unquote friend, and will that is sort of part of it. Part of the tension in the film is this woman who has asked and requested him to be the person who does her final look, her final in the casket look. There's another. There's a lot of um, very interesting character dynamics in this film that you create in this journey that he takes. And uh, so tell me a little bit about that part of the story. Was that always something? Did you see it as this kind of hero's quest from the, from the beginning or how, how does that play? Yeah, out? Yeah, I mean, I really I thought of it as like, um, uh, you know, somebody at the beginning that uh, that kind of had lost their love of life and was just in this nursing home kind of like waiting to die, basically, and had lost their purpose in life. Somebody who was very artistic and created things with his hands, you know, hairstyles, gardens, ceramics, the real Pat did all those things. And now that he's retired, his hands are still kind of moving, but they, but they're not, they don't have any purpose. So he winds up folding, you know, kind of passing the time by folding, neatly folding napkins, basically. And it was all like a journey about how how he rediscovers his love of life. And part of it was inspired by my hometown of Sandusky that is a real rust belt town that over the last couple of decades has been pretty forgotten and um, on, on hard times, but now it's kind of having a renaissance. So that helped, that helped inspire the renaissance of, of the character's arc uh, in Swan Song. And you also allude to that in the film. There's a the the uh, young couple who have who are about to, appears to be building a home on his former home site. In the how much did getting Uder Kier involved change or cement sort of who the character is? Mm. It, the, it did change things. I mean, I I think I 
the you know before Udo came on, it was a little bit more. Not, it's not a slapstick, but it was like slightly more slapstick comedy elements. But when you know Udo is so amazing at conveying emotions and feelings without having to say that much, which was in a way great because the Mister the real Mister Pat, even though he was very flamboyant, he was also a man of a queen of few words, as I like to say. He was very soft spoken and. So I wound up kind of customizing, you know, the dialogue and stuff, rewriting it and just like cutting dialogue out and just making, making it more saying things with his face and eyes and removing some of the dialogue. I think that it, Udo coming on, it brought more like gravitas to the part. You know, it's always kind of this bittersweet you know, mix of um, funny stuff and touching stuff. But I think that Udo really brought the real heart out in it yeah. and um yeah yeah and i can't at this point i can't imagine anyone else having played the part he is that actor that we're all familiar with we've seen him in something he's been in a lot of films and he usually brings kind of a menacing kind of presence to his characters not always but a lot of his characters have been that way and so when you see him he's one of those actors that you start to fill in things about some assumptions that you have mm about mm -hmm. the character, how it's going to go. And in some ways he plays a little bit to type in that sense that he's quiet. He's very, he's doesn't you know, man a few words, but at the, the other side of it, it gives the, the softer side revelatory side of him even more, as you said, gravitas, it gives it more, there's more mm -hmm. heft to that part of the, of his character. And so it's a great, you're right. It's a great casting choice. And he's, he doesn't overplay anything in the film if anything it's underplayed and but it's it's just it he reveals himself as the film goes on yeah absolutely in a way it was risky casting because you know even myself like when when we first started talking about the idea the real mr pat was from west virginia so he didn't have a german accent and right. you know most of the things i had seen udo do were these villain parts but once i met udo and um, I, I saw like the more of the real Udo, which is like much closer to like uh, Mr. Pat, the character. You know, Udo is a gardener and he and his dog, he's got a dog named Liza Minnelli. And um, I just knew, you know, as soon as we met that he he was perfect and that it really the role really allows Udo to show a whole other side of himself and not just be in you know, several impactful scenes would be able to have like this whole arc and this go on this whole journey with them. So I'm, I'm proud that we took that chance and, um, and really gave him the opportunity to show what a brilliant actor he is. He is. Uh, Painted Bird was the last thing and I saw him and he was fantastic in that and yeah. continues to be an actor who, who really brings, always brings something to a role. Uh, that really, yeah. really brings out the character. I want to remind our listeners, we're talking with the uh, director and writer of the film Swan Song. That will be Todd Stevens. It is opening on August 6th in theaters. And I believe it's going to be a VOD rollout after that. And a, a couple of weeks after that, you'll be looking. One week. Yeah. One on week. The 13th, yeah. We on the 13th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's being released through Magnolia Pictures, which I, to my mind, is just an awesome get. Yeah. I mean, they're really... You know, they're they're old school New York company that loves film. All the people that work there actually love movies. And yeah. so for a filmmaker, it's like, 
it's the biggest dream experience I've ever had. I, they're, they're really putting like everything they have into the film. And um, I just feel the love that they have for the film, which is now like our film together. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been a real dream. They're awesome. I look, I work with a lot of distributors and a lot of great distributors for, for independent and documentary films always, but Magnolia just sort of has a, an aura around what they release and, and, and they're high quality films and not to diminish anyone else who's releasing films, but nonetheless, it's a great get, I guess that's really the, the way to put it. And it really does pr- provide a platform for, for a film, for a independent film. Wonderful. There's some great casting in here. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who we know from Best in Show and so many other Seinfeld, even I I forgot she was even she was on Seinfeld, um, but she's a terrific character. She doesn't play the character we're used to seeing in Legally Blonde or some of the other Best in Show, but she's a wonderful actor. Uh, she's incredible, and I and you know I feel like in this film she shows a, a more serious side of herself that I was like uh, very proud to kind of help uh, draw out. And um, she can do anything, you know, a lot, a lot of the, she's just such a brilliant improv improver and half the lines she says in Swan Song, I didn't write and I wish I did, you know, <laughs> I mean, she's just, she's really, really super smart and very passionate. And, um, you know, she, she and Linda and Udo, like none of the, this is a pretty low budget film. Nobody was doing it for the money. They were all doing it for the love of the project. And that, that creates a special energy. Well, and it, it really comes from the top. I mean, you set a tone, you've got a great script, you've got great dialogue and you've got it again. I think this really helps film is to have a beginning point, a journey. Like I said earlier, they're, they're going somewhere. We, we have this sort of the funeral the day of the funeral, that's where we're going to, we're all going to end up there. Right. And, and then it gives you an opportunity to introduce not just the characters. I mean, there's a lot of people get introduced into the film and to watch uh, Pat, uh, how he navigates this, you know, this opportunity to be out. I mean, he's out because he, and he becomes a bit of an outlaw in that process, which I, I just, which I, sure. which I thought was very, very, that's a real fun part of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm like, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I, I love narrative structure. I love old school narrative structure and I'm a big Robert McKee, uh, fan who wrote the book story. And, um, I teach film at SVA in New York city. And so, I always kind of say, if there's one thing that you get from me, it's like, go get the book story if you want to write a screenplay, you know. So I, I'm a big disciple of Robert McKee's. He's he's really like a story structure guy and he gives okay. seminars and, you know, they're pretty famous. Um, there was a Charlie Kaufman movie with Nicolas Cage that um, they... Adaptation? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They have a Robert McKee character in Adaptation. Again, the film is out August 6th. Be looking for it in theaters. And if it's through Magnolia, it's going to be opening at a lot of theaters and very quickly only for people in the Los Angeles area. So, it's going to um, be at the Royal. I know that. And in Pasadena, the Lemley Theater. So you could like check Lemley's website. And also in the following week on the 13th, we want you to see it in a theater. Let's get that straight. But you've got an awful lot of options coming up on, on August 13th. And I will just say the usual suspects. You can watch it on almost anything you can think of, plat- streaming platform at that point. Right. 
Well, Mike, congratulations to you and on this, uh, you know, funny, bittersweet, dramatic, fun film. At the end of the day, it's a fun journey we're on, great acting, and um, congrats on that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. We've been talking with the director and writer of the film Swan Song. You can go to Magnolia Pictures to find it at just what it actually you can go to Swan Song film.com and it will take you to that website on magnolia and from there you can find out all you need to know todd thank you thank you so much awesome have a good one thanks a all lot right. you've been listening to film school radio the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films you can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com i'm your host mike kaspar Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music